Today's scripture reading is from James chapter 1, verses 17 through 27. Every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of the heavenly lights, who does not change like shifting shadows. He chose to give us birth through the word of truth, that we might be a kind of first fruits of all he created. My dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry, because human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. Therefore, get rid of all moral filth and the evil that is so prevalent, and humbly accept the word planted in you, which can save you. Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like someone who looks at his face in a mirror and after looking at himself goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. But whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues in it, not forgetting what they have heard but doing it, they will be blessed in what they do. Those who consider themselves religious and yet do not keep a tight rein on their tongues deceive themselves, and their religion is worthless. Religion that God our Father accepts as pure and faultless is this, to look after orphans and widows in their distress and to keep oneself from being polluted by the world. This is the word of the Lord. Morning. Let's just uh, pause and pray again. God, we're grateful for your word. Would you please speak to us today from it? Give us grace to receive it, to respond in ways that please you. Amen. I want to I talk with you today about your relationship with Scripture. All right, how you how you interact with the Bible, how you respond to the Bible, how you think about it, how you feel about it. The, the, your relationship to the Word of God. Um, we're beginning 2017 by working our way through the New Testament book of James. We began last week. Pastor Jeffrey talked to us about how we face trials, how we face temptations. We're, we're moving through that book together. And if you're not familiar with it, James... James, I would say, is one of the most practical books on Christian living you'll find anywhere. James was a brother of Jesus. He was a leader in the early church, and he wrote this book. It's kind of an open letter to Christians everywhere, and he's basically saying, this is what it looks like to follow Jesus. Just lays it out. He's like, do you want to follow Jesus? Here you go. Here's how you do it. Very, very practical book. And in, in the passage we're looking at today, James talks about the incredibly important role that the Word of God will play in the life of any follower of Jesus. God's Word, Scripture, will be immeasurably significant for anyone who follows Christ. So let's work through this passage, and to do so, I'm going to hang my thoughts on three different points, all right? First, I want to talk about the power of God's Word, the power of God's Word. Secondly, the problem of with God, God's Word, and then thirdly, how, how to deal with that problem. So first, the power of God's Word. Um, guys, God has given us His Word in Scripture. I'm just taking that as a given. And God's Word is power. The, the Word, listen, the Word of God 
in your Bible has power to change your life. You'll you'll notice what James says in verse 18. He says that God's word is, is the reason why It's the reason why we're alive spiritually. It's the reason why we're born again. Born again, um, the new birth is is a concept that you find in in, in the Bible. The new birth is when the Holy Spirit awakens you on the inside so that you become aware of your need for Jesus and you begin to love Jesus, you begin to trust Jesus. It's it's a work that that the Holy Spirit does in the life of anyone who is a Christian, just kind of empowering you to, to come to Christ. So what is James saying, verse 18? How, how does the Holy Spirit do this? How does he awaken us? How does he give you new life? Well, he tells us he does it through the word. Look at verse 18. He, that is God, God chose to give us birth through the word, through the word of truth that we might be kind of first fruits of all that he created. So I would say this, if you are... If you are sincerely trusting Jesus as your Savior today, you were born again. You, you maybe you weren't aware when it happened. I don't know if you, you could tell or not, but somewhere along the line, the Spirit of God awakened you on the inside. He opened up your heart. To, that's why you're trusting Christ. But how did he do it? Well, James says he did it through the Word. might have been a sermon that you heard, and it just... That's when the light bulb came on. Or it might have been a Bible study, a a passage you were studying. It might have just been, for many of you, just sort of the cumulative effect of of all the many things you were taught from God's Word as a child growing up in the church or in a Christian home. Somehow, Scripture, the Word, was the key that the Holy Spirit used to open your heart. That's why you're open to Jesus. I um, I knew a woman who came came to faith, just radically converted um, as a middle-aged single mom. She wasn't involved in church. She hadn't been living a Christian life. She wouldn't have, you know, didn't, not a woman of faith. Um, she went out on her front porch to smoke a cigarette one day, and a Bible verse out of nowhere came to mind. And her heart just melted. And she came to faith, became one of the most vibrant Christians I've ever known, ever. And, and she was thinking, where in the world did that verse come from? She had been taught that Bible verse decades before when she was a little child. She didn't grow up in a Christian home, but her, her neighbors had brought her to church. In a little church Sunday school, she had been taught that verse. Years later, the Holy Spirit just came and turned the key, opened her heart. She came to Christ. By the way, those of you working in the, the, the Bible club that we put on at the Boys and Girls Club, isn't it something to think that you could be planting seeds in someone's heart or mind? Years later, God will use that powerfully. So the word, God's word is powerful. Peter said, 1 Peter 1, 23, said, You have been born again, not of perishable seed, but of imperishable through the living and enduring word of God. So God's word is powerful. God's, God's word is what... Um, His word makes us alive spiritually. James also says God's word is what keeps us alive spiritually. Uh, Verse 21 says this, Therefore get rid of all moral filth and the evil that is so prevalent. And what does it say? Humbly accept the word. Let me ask you, are you accepting the word of God? Are, Are there... 
are the sort of portals into your life by which you're regularly receiving the Word. Right now, you're receiving it through coming to church, hearing it read, hearing it preached. Do you study the Word? Do you, and and when, you, when, you are, when you encounter the Word, do you receive it humbly? Just saying, God, you're God, I'm not. What do I know? It's your Word. Speak to me. He says, humbly receive, accept the Word planted in you. Why? He says, it can save you. Now, why does James say that the word of God can save you? Well, listen, if you want to go to heaven, okay, you want to be part of God's eternal kingdom, it's not enough for you just to have a momentary decision where you come to Jesus and then you forget about him. You've known people like that. When I was 16, I asked Jesus in my heart, and then I, I went on my merry way. The Bible says that is not enough. Jesus, listen, Jesus said in Matthew 24, 13, he said, the one who stands firm to the end will be saved. It's not enough just to have one little moment with Jesus earlier in your life, and then you forget him. You need to keep trusting him, keep following him, keep living for him all the way to the end. Now, here's the good news. If you've really come to Christ, listen, God is absolutely committed to sustaining and preserving your faith and helping you follow Jesus all the way to the end. But how does God do that for you? How does he sustain your faith? Well, James tells us one of the primary tools God uses is Scripture. One of the primary, one of the primary use, tools God will use in your life to keep you trusting in Jesus is the Word of God. He says the Word can save you. So let me... Um, those of you who've been, let's say you've been a Christian for at least a year, so you have a little bit of experience. If you're newer, that's fine. You can, you can answer. But I'm going to ask a series of questions, and I would like you to raise your hands in answer, okay? So here's some questions for you believers. How many of you have ever seen God use a passage of Scripture to warn you when you were starting to drift into sin? Anyone here? I have. Oh, my goodness. I wouldn't be here with, without. You know, like you're, you're starting to have a sinful attitude, sinful temptation, and the Word of God just kind of grabs you by the collar and says, be, warning, warning. How, how about this? How many of you have ever seen God use a passage of Scripture to restore you when you've fallen into sin? Oh, yeah. For me, some of the most precious moments as a Christian. I've fallen into sin. I'm feeling discouraged. And the Word of God says that I'm forgiven I'm, because of Jesus. Isn't that great? Now, two more. How many of you have ever, you've seen God use a passive scripture to revive you when you were discouraged? Like, giving, you're ready to give up. You've got no more hope. Isn't that something? You've experienced that, right? A word from God, from the Bible, just, just like it changed everything about your day, right? One, one more question. How many of you have ever seen God guide you, instruct, just give you wisdom, Right? From, from the word. Is it the psalmist of Psalm 119? He says, I have more wisdom than all my teachers because your word guides me. Some of you have been in college looking at your professor saying, you know what? She's a lot smarter than me. But I'm wiser than her because God's word is guiding me. So now let me ask you this. Do you understand why James tells Christians Guys, I want you to be saved. I want you to make it all the way to the end. God is committed to helping you, so I'm telling you. 
please humbly keep receiving the word. Let it come in. Let it speak to you. It's going gonna, it's gonna to warn you. It's going to restore you. It's going to encourage you. It's going to guide you. How else do you think God is going to get you to heaven? If, if you're not just humbly letting him speak to you. So my challenge for 2017. Guys, let's listen. Let's let God do things in this church, in our lives, that we haven't seen him do before. Just amazing. Let's just be a, a, can we be that? Just a receptive people. God, speak to us from your word this year. So God's word is powerful, guys. It is so powerful. God's word is what makes us alive spiritually. God's word is what keeps us alive spiritually. So that, my first point is the power of God's word. Second point is to point out the problem. And there is a problem with God's word. James, James discusses, starting at verse 22, he discusses the problem of when we hear the word and we don't respond. Like we, he says we're hearers but not doers. We hear a sermon or we read a passage or we, we memorize something and, and, we, and God's word is speaking to us and we don't respond obediently. Here's the problem. James says if you hear the word and you don't respond obediently, the pro- listen, the problem is not just that the word doesn't help you. James says you hear the word and you don't respond the word makes you worse. It has a hardening effect on your heart. It has a blinding effect on your understanding. James says, if you go through life hearing the word, studying the Bible, hearing a sermon, and not responding, James says, you will become self-deceived. Here's the way he says it. Though, do not merely listen to the word. Verse 22, do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves do what it says anyone who listens to the word but doesn't do what it says is like someone who looks at his face in the mirror and after looking at himself goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like but whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues in it not forgetting what they've heard but doing it they will be blessed in what they do so james is saying guys the the word is powerful can save you, can change you, can transform you, but be careful. Be careful, he says. Because if you start handling the word of God, but not responding, the very word that could bring you life will begin to kill you. It will begin to make you, little by little, blinder and blinder to the reality of your own life. It'd be like a guy who looked in the mirror and, and you know, he's got hat hair because it's you know, cold out, his hair is sticking up, and, and he's like, oh, I need to fix that. And, and then he walks away, can't even remember. Can't even remember anymore. That's what happens. So, for example, you'll notice here James talks about, he, he talks about the importance of moral purity, keeping yourself from being polluted by the world. Let's say that you study a passage or you hear a sermon talking about the purity of your thought life, the purity of the things you look at. It kind of troubles you. I probably need to change my my media consumption a little bit. I need to, my mind is not pure. It's not where it ought to be. And then you don't do anything about it. The next time you hear a sermon on that, it won't have the same impact. You keep doing that after a while, you won't hear it anymore. 
Or James talks about the need for helping the poor. By the way, this is a major theme in the book of James. You, you can't, almost every week, if you're here for this series, almost every week you will hear James talking about, guys, if you want to follow Jesus, you better be helping the poor. And, and you know how the first time you heard a sermon on God's passionate concern for the poor, it like gripped your heart. You say, I have to do something about this. James says, if you hear something like that and you go home and you don't immediately Make some changing in your, changes in your spending habits, changing in your lifestyle so that you're helping the poor. Little by little, you'll keep hearing these sermons. You won't hear them anymore. You, you, you'll be like the guy who forgot what he looks like in the mirror. You will become self-deceived. So James is telling, here's the problem. Um, if we're exposed to the truth of God's word and, and we don't, we don't respond with repentance and faith and obedience. Um, little by little, it, it will change you. So I would, I would put it this way. This is not exactly the way James phrases it, but I would say this. God's word, guys, God's word is so powerful. You cannot handle God's word without it changing you. Every time you hear a sermon, it changes you. Every time you study the Bible, it changes you. It either makes you better or it makes you worse. Because if you close your heart to it, you get harder and harder and harder and you don't even see it anymore. One, one highly respected New Testament scholar writing about this passage, he said this, those who fail to do the word, who are hearers only, are guilty of a dangerous and potentially fatal self-delusion. That is why James can say that people who only hear the word are deceiving themselves. They think they have a relationship with God because they regularly attend church or go to Bible studies or read the Bible. But if their listening is not accompanied by obedience, their true situation before God is far different. So that's the problem. The Word of God has this incredible dynamic. It either, um, it just comes to us with living power and truth. And if we respond with repentance and faith, it sets us free. And if we don't, little by little, it begins to kill us. That's, that's, you know, that dynamic, by the way, explains some things that may have troubled you. For example, did you ever notice that sometimes... You meet unbelievers, maybe even outright atheists, who are actually a lot nicer and more decent than some people you meet in church. Now, why? If the, if the gospel is real, why would that be, right? How, why is that? Or why is this? Did you ever notice in the four gospels that the people who gave Jesus the hardest time in his ministry were the experts in the law? I mean, how can, the, how can the word of God have power if, listen, the ones who had read the Bible more than anyone else on the planet were the least receptive to Messiah? Well, how can that be? Well, I'll tell you how it can be. It's because repeated exposure to God's word, if it's not, if it's not accompanied by obedient faith, it has this just deadening effect on the human heart. So that's, that's the problem with the word. And if you think about it, it's really kind of a dilemma, Right? I mean, guys, we need the Bible. You're not going to make it without the Bible. 
Jesus said man doesn't live by bread alone, but by what? Every word that comes out of God's mouth. You will never, ever make it to heaven without Scripture speaking into your life. You won't do it. We, We can't live without it. And yet if we handle it wrong, it'll kill us. It'll make us dead Pharisees. Now, if you think about how threatening some of the things the Bible talks about, that's kind of scary. It talks about moral purity, your thought life. It talks about what you do with your money. Do you help the poor? It talks about what you do with your tongue. Do you gossip about people? Those are not fun things to deal with. So how are we going to deal with this problem? That's my third point. How do we deal with this? I've got it. Listen, I've got to be accessing the Bible, and yet if I do it wrong... In trouble. So how do we deal with this? Well, here's something that fascinates me about this passage. And and I'm all week trying to figure this out. Did you notice that before James talks to us about the importance of the Bible? Before he starts talking about our need for the word and we need to study it, we need to look into it. Before he does that, he first takes a moment in verse 17 just to remind us of how good God is. Before he before even talks about the word, just let me remind you, the good news, the gospel of how good God is. So here's what he says in verse 17. He says, every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of the heavenly lights, who does not change like shifting shadows. Now, when, when James calls God the Father of the heavenly lights, by the way, this is the only place in the Bible anyone ever calls God that. It's just James came up with this, right? The heavenly lights is talking about... Um, the celestial bodies. It's talking about the sun, the moon, the stars, the galaxies. James says, the guy who made all that and the one who does not change like shifting shadows, meaning the one who is eternal, unchanging, the ancient of days. He says, the one who created the universe, who is the ancient of days, he is the one who gave you every good thing you have every friendship in your life, every, every moment of joy, every sunrise, every breakfast, the shoes on your feet, the, the, every good blessing. James says, the one who created the universe gave that to you. Now, what do you think? I'm not sure, but why do, you, why do you think, James, before he gives us this lecture on reading the Bible, why do you think he stops us late? Before we talk about reading the Bible, can I just remind you how much God loves you? Can I just remind you how good he is? Before we talk about it, you need to be in the Bible, can I just remind you of that? Why do you think he does it? I think it's because he wants us, he wants us to approach the word just hungry, eager, open, like, yes. The creator of the universe who loves me and gave me every good thing. He's about to speak. He might tell me some hard things, but oh, I can trust him. He's, whatever he says, I want to do. So I think that James is just kind of whetting our appetite. God has given you every good gift. Now, believer, let me ask you this. Think of all the good things, all the good things God ever did for you. What's the best gift God ever gave you? Best. For God so loved the world 
He gave his only begotten son for you. Now, what would happen if um, every Sunday before we hear a sermon, every community group meeting before we open the word, every time you sit down to a cup of coffee and open the Bible in the morning, if you just pause and say, the God who created the universe loved me so much he gave his son for me. Let me see what he has to say. Here's what I bet would happen. You would have an openness to the word in your heart that would just enable you to embrace and hear and respond to. In other words, the word that could kill you won't kill you. It will bring life into you. By, I would say this, before you go to the Bible, first you look at Jesus. Before you look at the written word, right, first you kind of remind yourself of the, the incarnate word, Jesus. He died for me. And then you open the book and it brings life to you. Now, uh, I'll close with this. There's a passage in John chapter 5. One of the many places in the Gospels where Jesus was having a Jesus was having a fight with Bible teachers. I mean, all the time, these guys were, the people who knew the Bible were always the ones attacking him, right? And in John chapter 5, Jesus is having another argument with these Bible experts. And he, he says something to them that's so fascinating. He says this, John 5 verse 38. He says, God's word doesn't dwell in you, for you don't believe the one he sent. He said, you study the scriptures diligently because you think that in them you have eternal life. These are the very scriptures that testify about me, yet you refuse to come to me to have life. So what Christ was saying to those guys was this. You know why the Bible is making you worse and worse? You know why you're such lousy Pharisees? You know why it's not having a life-giving effect on your life? Because before you ran to Scripture, he said, because you went to Scripture without first coming to me, just looking to me, and letting God remind you of how much he loves you through me. If you, Jesus, like he's saying, if you had come to me first and then gone to the Bible, you would have been saved. So, Let's be a church of the book. Amen? Let's be people of the book. I really mean that. I don't mean to like just nag you, but dive. Listen, dive into the Bible in 2017. Dive into it. But look to Jesus first. You see the love of God in Jesus. You will have a hunger for God's word that will allow you to respond with faith. Amen? Let's, let's pray together. Give us grace, please, God, to respond to your word with joy and obedience for the glory of Jesus. Amen.